we've been looking in Ephesians chapter 4 at the fivefold ministry, fivefold equipping ministry, and we've done four of those already. We've looked at, G, at, at the apostle. God's given these gifts to the church, not gifts to men, but these are people given to the church. Okay, we, we'll put those lists up in just a minute. This is the last of those five. Uh, apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers. The last time I got to share, we talked about evangelism. We talked about the gospel. The gospel is uh, it, it's simply Jesus. It's, it's a gospel of grace, and it's a grace that doesn't give license to sin. We, we broke that down a bit. But today we're looking at Jesus the teacher. But look at this, this, this one verse in Ephesians 4. 413 says, until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of God's Son, growing into a mature man with a stature measured by Christ's fullness. Those five gifts actually are a picture of Jesus. It's who he is. And I believe it's exhaustive. It's the full, that 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 full measure of Christ's fullness. That that that's complete. We've looked at, and, and, the, and the goal is to see five tracks that discipleship should run on. We should be growing in all of these areas. You know, Tim Bowden, last Sunday, was it last Sunday you spoke? Oh, my goodness. You know, when you get up to speak, I'm thinking, I'm going to get this pastor's heart. And you just broke down that, the Word of God and gave us a synopsis of the whole Bible. You took us into the Old Testament and helped us to understand that we, we are to interpret the Old Testament out of the New Testament, out of the cross. The cross is everything else is in the shadow of the cross. Man, that was the word of God. Tim, you have got a mercy heart and a pastoral equipping gift, but somebody in your life has modeled the teacher to you. you have, you've been steeped in that. You know the word of God. You challenge me every time I get up to preach and I think about you being here. I think, I have got to know this better than Tim. <laughs> I, I, you know, sometimes he uses his Greek New Testament. So I translate everything that I speak on. I translate it before I get up here because I want to know it better than he does. And it's more than just knowledge. It means you've got to pray through it. But somebody modeled that to you, Tim. You know, if we looked at the fivefold gifts in you, we would probably see... A, a picture of that uh, fullness of Christ's stature, that stature of Christ's fullness. You've got some of all five of those. Makes me want to be around you because I just get Jesus from you. But that's the way all of us should be. All of us should be able to stand up and open the Word of God and speak the truth out of it. Because this is not a performance place. This, this, this pulpit thing, I've, I've thought so much, where did the pulpits come from? Where did they come from? Yeah, maybe they had a table that would roll out a scroll. But y'all, it was not about one person standing for a group of people. Has never been, and it should not be now, especially in the body of Christ today. God has raised us all up. Each one of you are peculiar people. You are a royal priesthood. He's called you out of darkness into his marvelous life. Do you, like, do you remember that day that he took your feet out of the miry clay and established it on the rock? Do you remember that day of salvation? Do you remember that? Out of darkness into light. 
Man, go ahead. Oh, I'm, actually, I've got the clicker here. Whoop. There you go. I got it now. Thank you, Isaac. So we're not going to go into each of these. But I want you to just see, because you click it several times and you get this whole picture, just doing it once up there. But teachers are the ones in building that building, uh, 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 that habitation of God. Teachers are the ones that are the growing ones. The growing ones. And the world is looking to see Jesus. That five-fold equipping ministry helps us in the church, instead of having a distorted picture of Jesus, that's what the world often sees in the church. You know why? I, I wrote this down yesterday, not knowing that I was going to bring this out today, but I got to because of the last song. <clears throat> Could it be that we in the church who have been born again into the light are actually asleep. Is there darkness? Yes. That's what we're going to look at. That's the passage we've got to go to today. The church is giving a distorted view of Jesus because we're not walking in the light that he's, he has brought us into, that we've been born into. So, in the fivefold equipping ministry, we see Jesus, the apostle, Jesus, the prophet, Jesus, the evangelist, and Jesus, the pastor, shepherd, Jesus, the teacher. If you don't put all those together, you don't get the full color picture of Jesus. So quickly, let's just look at this. There's four lists of gifts. I know some of you have seen this over and over again, and some of you have told me, keep doing it over again, because the more we see it, the more we're going to get this. And I get revelation so often when I do it again. But these motivational gifts in Romans 12 are you and me. That's who we are. I believe that we're given one of those gifts at, in the mother's womb. And when we're born into the world, it begins to be active in us. And when we're born again, it comes into fullness. And, and discipleship is bringing the, the, the depth of that out of us. So motivational gifts are you and me. In Ephesians 4, which we're talking about right now, those are tracks for discipleship. And 1 Corinthians 12 has two lists, manifestation gifts and ministry gifts. And these are tools that you and I can use in our tracks of discipleship to make a difference in the world, to bring that light of Jesus. And the picture is, all of that working together People see Jesus. That's the goal. So simply Jesus, these tracks of dis discipleship. First of all, we have apostle sent by the Father, prophet speaking the word of God, evangelist bringing good news of the kingdom, pastor showing the love of the Father, and teacher personifying the very truth that sets us free. Y'all, if we'll see Jesus in all these areas and start worshiping him, he will transform your life. He, the knowledge of him in these areas will transform our lives and we'll be like him. All right. So, summary, one of these is you. And to, be, to really be equipped and discipled in all of these five areas, that's the, our goal. Right? 
and we'll see the full picture of Jesus. For the apostle, there's foundations and uh, focus and simplicity is the motive. Prophets, righteousness. Prophet thinks a great service is when people are repenting. Uh, evangelists, good news, life and freedom. Pastors, wholeness, and, uh, which brings nurture. And teachers would be truth, understanding, and application. We'll look at that a little bit more. So you've got to ask yourself these questions. Has that happened in you? Zach, would you go grab me a glass of water, please? I don't know why I keep doing that. I know I need this. <clears throat> okay, so let's talk about Jesus, the teacher. John chapter 3, verse 2 with Nicodemus, he called him rabbi. That means teacher, right? The teacher is consumed with these three things. Truth, application. That truth, understanding, and application. I want, I want to ask you, when, when we say teacher today, what do you normally think about? So this is interactive now. When you, what? Tassie. Because <laughs> she is a teacher. Thank you, sir. God bless you. Hey, Tassie. You're a fun teacher, too. <laughs> You're a crazy teacher. How about that? All the time. Thank you. I'd want to be in your class. What do you think about teacher? Come on, give me some things that you think. What, what word or phrase comes to mind immediately? What? A leader? Mentor? Sorry. Your mom. How many of you think of models of teaching? People that you know. Expert? What? Knowledge. That is something that, I mean, you go to school and get knowledge, right? Get educated. Translator. Huh. Now that, you just made me go deep. I'm going to have to think about that one, Holly. Thank you, teacher. Storyteller. Why? You can relate to it. All right, great. Anything else? Okay, Mary Bob? All of your children are teachers except one. How about that? Corrector? Corrector of what? Lies? Okay. So, so really understanding from many different perspectives all around. Is that what you're saying? Thank you. Anything else? Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit. He's our teacher, right? Influence. Sacrificing a lot for others. 
So, so let's, let's think about Jesus. Let's think about Jesus. Because we really want to put on Jesus. So first of all, uh, all scripture is given by inspiration from God and is profitable for doctrine. A lot of times when we think about teacher in the church, we think about somebody that's going to be able to give you good doctrine. Right? Doctrine. Is that an important word? I think it is. When we talked about, uh, about the gospel and about salvation, about evangelism, Jesus the evangelist, we brought it down to the very foundational thing. It's the gospel of grace through Jesus, Jesus alone. And it's a gospel of grace that doesn't give you license to sin. Right? That's the doctrine. Anything that messes that up or fools with that, you need to fix that. You need to correct it. And the scripture will help you to do that. But it's not just for doctrine, for knowledge and understanding of the doctrine, but for reproof, for correction, for instruction and in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, thoroughly equipped for every good work. I want you to think with me about, about Jesus. Well, first of all, how many of you have binge-watched TV shows? Go ahead. This is confession time. I have. I, I mean... Amazon Prime, Netflix, Hulu, it's messed us all up, right? So you got a day off and you just go, I'm going to binge watch a show. Have you ever done that and gone to sleep and then dreamt about what you watched? I, want, I had this thought, what if we binge watched the Word of God? What if we had the Word of God going on all of the time in us? Would that change the way that we responded to people during the day so look i've been doing this this is my favorite bible app and i'm sharing it with you right now look it up bible.is bible is audio bible because sometimes i don't want to read and i don't have time to read but i can press play on my audio bible and listen to the scripture what if we just put ourselves, immersed ourselves in the Word. Wouldn't that be awesome? Jesus did that. He grew up in that. Here, here's what the Word of God says about Jesus, the truth. Jesus told them, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. John chapter 1, verse 14, the Word became flesh and took up residence among us. We observed His glory, the glory as the one and only Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. He's full of grace and truth. Jesus was the ultimate, is the ultimate teacher. And he models for us how to teach. Did he get into doctrine? How did he teach? Come on. Man, we're doing well. I'm, I'm at 1130 and I'm almost through my PowerPoint. We're going to jump into Romans 13 here to finish it up. I see it coming. He taught with parables. Where? Everywhere. everywhere. That's great, and that's where we need to be. But get specific. Where is everywhere? Give me some examples. Quickly. I know you're thinking them. What? On the hillside. What did he do on the hillside? He preached what? The Sermon on the Mount. Y'all, we, we talk about sermons all the time. And we make 
our services, you know, everything needs to point to the sermon. What's that? In homes. He taught in homes. Let's stick with the hillside and the sermon because a lot of people talk about the sermon like this is the key part. Y'all, the key part is worship. The sermon prepares us for worship. It prepares us to express our hearts of worship to God and helps us to live it out and walk it out and worship during the week. The sermon's not the heart of what we do. What about the preaching? Yes, the preaching of the gospel. How do you do that? People say, I said, what about, where did sermons come from? Like, Jesus preached sermons? When? The Sermon on the Mount. What's the article at the front of that for? It says, the Sermon on the Mount. <laughs> Why? <laughs> There's one of them. Well, there may be one in the valley. And we do know, look, Jesus preached truth and he did it to the multitudes. And it's like this. He took the seed of the word. Watch me. Watch me. He took the seed of the word and he broadcast it. He threw it out there. And from the multitudes of the thousands, then came the 72 that were really getting it. I think some of those were coming and say, what did that parable mean? What did, how did he choose them? The Lord showed him. But those 72 were a little bit closer. And then out of the 72, there were 12. And out of the 12, there were three. And John would argue there's one. There's a broad, broadcasting of truth. But y'all look, Jesus taught on the road. He taught in day-to-day -day life. He walked it out. And if we, want, if we want this here on a Sunday morning not to be a performance, we've got to be walking this out every day during the week. That's when the church meets, from house to house. And it was in the everyday life that truth came out. Truth without understanding and application. Well, truth without application. You can even have understanding, but without application, it's just a bunch of knowledge. And what knowledge does is puff you up. You can get so puffed up, you can build schools around your own theology and start fights with other people about unity in the body of Christ, about the Holy Spirit, about Jesus, about the Word of God. Knowledge will puff you up. When we see Jesus teaching, it's truth, understanding, and application. There's always a therefore. Paul did it. I looked up, in recent weeks, I looked up heresy. That's a word that we use so often in the body of Christ these days. I looked up heresy, and I looked up all of the heresies that Paul confronted and that Jesus confronted. Do you know that most of those things that, that Paul confronted had to do with salvation and unity in the body of Christ? It wasn't so much about the doctrine as it was the application. And if we just get truth and even understanding without the application, then we've missed it. Jesus was full of grace and truth. Don't separate those two. Truth and love. You'll worship him in spirit and in truth. But think of this for just a minute. Grace and truth. Grace and truth. 
When we talked about evangelism, we hit, hit hard on grace. And y'all, if you're not getting accused of, being, of talking about grace too much, you're probably not talking about it enough. You can't minimize grace. You can't minimize truth. But truth without grace is just mean. But grace without truth is actually meaningless. If we don't have truth and grace, and Jesus was filled with both of those, and if you look at his life throughout the Gospels to understand Jesus the teacher and how he taught, he taught truth and grace. He was full of grace and truth. If you only have grace, or if you only have truth, you actually have neither. If you only have, have grace or you only have truth, you actually have neither. So in teaching, we need to come to understanding and application. And y'all, bottom line, it comes down to grace. It comes down to love in the application. How are we going to be in this world? Too often, when we think of teacher equipping the, the saints... Y'all, often we think of someone that simply gets up and takes us from generations to revolutions. From kiver to kiver. And gives us a knowledge of the Bible. That's important, the knowledge is. But y'all, if we don't have understanding by the power of the Spirit, and if we don't have application, we're going to miss it. And in application comes grace, comes love, comes the Spirit. And if you don't have that in the truth, in our teaching, we miss it. Now, what does an equipping teacher do in the body of Christ? That's the reason Ephesians was, that, that passage is there. To say that God has given these multiple leaders, equippers, into the body. It's, it's actually, the word there, equipping, is a perfecting. Perfecting us. Filling us up, making us complete for the work of the ministry. So it's not the, the guy behind the pulpit. I'm so thankful for y'all because I don't feel that role. I don't feel the expectation that I'm the guy that's supposed to do everything. I used to say, don't call me pastor or I'll call you one right back because I know what that means. Right? But you have allowed me to be a father. A son first. A father and now a grandfather. But the fact is, anybody that's up here that's all five of those gifts are teaching gifts. All five are. Why? Because they are training us and teaching us how to do what Jesus did. Right? Okay. I think I'm going to start with the PowerPoint. I want you to turn now to Romans chapter 13 because... Y'all, I got this hot off the press this morning. I'm wrecked by the book of Romans, and I'm wrecked by the book of Ephesians. I, I'm actually, if you ask me what my favorite book is in the Bible, it's going to be whatever I'm reading currently, probably. But I have said in the last few years that I will never get away from the book of Romans and the book of Ephesians because I believe those two books right now are for the body of Christ. And if, there's so much we can get out of those. Uh, one of the 
Lutheran uh, fathers, I can't remember his name, he said this about the book of Romans. If, if the Bible was a jeweled ring, Romans would be the stone on the ring. And then he said, if, if, if it was a jeweled ring and Romans was the stone, Romans chapter 8 would be the sparkle on the stone. I want to encourage you. Memorize Romans chapter 8. Are, are you memorizing scripture these days? You know, I think it's a, a, getting to be a lost art. But if we're going to immerse ourselves in the word, we need to memorize. And I think one of the great things about all of the different translations that gives us different perspectives and different angles. Uh, Tonya, as, as you said, the different understandings of, of truth. The danger is we, we see so much of them that we forget what we just read. And we, it's hard for us to memorize. So I'm, I'm making a new commitment. I'm getting another Bible. I think I'm going to start memorizing in the New King James. You can join me if you want. Most of the scripture I memorized before because it was the only thing really around was the King James. So most of the scripture I memorized earlier was from King James. I think I'm going to go to the New King James and start memorizing Scripture. I've memorized whole books of the Bible. I've memorized chapters. And I'm going to go back, and I'm, I'm not going to tell you what it is yet, but I'm going to start memorizing a book in the Bible. I'm going to do it out of the New King James. Are you memorizing? Are you doing that? Immerse yourself in the Scripture. Okay. So, Romans chapter 13, starting in verse 11. You can put the PowerPoint away, but you can throw up the... I'm reading from Holman Christian Bible now. So it says, I'm going to take nine more minutes to get this out, and then we're going to respond. Okay? Nine more minutes. Verse 11. Besides this, knowing the time, it is already the hour for you to wake up from sleep. Jake, your song messed me up, dude. Wake up from sleep. For now our salvation is nearer than when we first believed. The night is nearly over. And the daylight is near. So let us discard the deeds of darkness and put on the armor of light. Let us walk with decency as in the daylight, not in carousing and drunkenness. Not in sexual impurity and promiscuity. Not in quarreling and jealousy. But put on the Lord Jesus Christ. Put on the Lord Jesus Christ. And make no plans to satisfy the fleshly desires. Put on Jesus. Y'all, this is not talking about putting on, just simply putting on clothes. The, the, what, what's understood here is there's, there's chapters 1 through 11 that tells us how we, we ha, have, have been dead in our trespasses and sin and how Jesus has saved us through his death, burial, and resurrection. He has taken us out of the darkness and put us into the light. He has made us children, join heirs with him. We're born again, adopted into a, 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 a family. We've been, we who have been dead are made alive 
So it's out of that aliveness, it's out of that children of light now that he says, put on Jesus. You try to put on Jesus without being born again, that ain't it. What you get is a bunch of of religious garb. And, And you can actually know him and still do that legalistic thing. Truth without grace produces legalism. Grace without truth produces immorality. And and, and what, what God's wanting to do, he's saying here that we who have been born again need to put on Jesus. Could it be that the church in this day, we in the church, children are light, are actually asleep in the dark. We need to wake up. We need to wake up. If he saved us, if he rescued us, then our lives should be radically different. So look, now our salvation is nearer than when we first believed. Paul says, hey man, this life is a, just a flash. It's gone. Our salvation is, 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 is nearer now. The night is nearly over and the daylight is near. Y'all, the sun is arising. The Son of God is coming back. I just spit out my gum. Don't chew chew gum while you're uh, walking. (laughs) Where was I? Oh, the Son of God is coming back. The sun is arising. We live right now in the in a situation where the kingdom of God is here, but not yet. We see uh, glimpses of heaven. People still uh, there's healing that comes. There are people that are raised from the dead. Even I think one day I'll get to do that. I hadn't done. I've I've laid hands on on dead bodies before, and they stayed dead. <laughs> You know, uh, I've prayed for sick people and they got worse. I've prayed for sick people and they've gotten better. But the fact is, even if you're raised from the dead right now, you're raised to die. Because one out of every one person dies. It's going to happen to us all. And our, our body is fading away. Healing is here, but sickness is also. We're in the, in, in, in the kingdom now and not yet. The darkness is almost over. The darkness is still there. The daylight is coming. The sun is arising. It's coming and it's nearer than it ever has been. Jesus is coming back. Out of the darkness into his marvelous light. Y'all, listen, if Jesus has made a difference in our lives, we need to be seeing the urgency of living this out wherever we are. We need to be practicing and applying the truth. Now, look, look quickly. The night is nearly over and the dark, daylight is near. So let us discard the deeds of darkness and put on the arm of light. We're, just, we're to get rid of something. The deeds of darkness, we're to get rid of it. Y'all, we need to get our, our, our pajamas. We need to change from our pajamas into our what? Two things. Let's just look at it. Get out of your sleep clothes, church. And put this on. Verse 12, put on the armor of light. Put on the armor of light. Let me just read this scripture to you. 
It's not in my notes, not in the PowerPoint. This is hot off the press from this morning. <laughs> Listen to Rome, uh, Romans 13, 14 says, But put on the Lord Jesus and make no provision for the flesh to gratify its desires. 1 Thessalonians 5, 7 through 8 says this, Those who sleep, sleep at night, and those who get drunk are drunk at night. But since we belong to the day, let us be sober, having put on the breastplate of faith and love, and, a, and for a helmet, the hope of salvation. We are children of the day, not of the night. So put on the armor, the breastplate of faith and love, and a helmet of hope. Think you got faith, hope, and love right there. <laughs> put them on. Oh, man. Look, look at verse 10 in chapter 13. You've got to see this because it all ties together here. Love does no wrong to a neighbor. Who's your neighbor? Anybody that shares the same space, time, goals, objectives, shares something in common with you. That's your neighbor. Okay? Turn to your friend to your right and left. Say, hey, neighbor. It's not just in here. It's wherever you go, right? Love, therefore, is the fulfillment of the law. Y'all, if you look up teaching in the Old Testament, it, it comes from a word, there's several of them, but one of them is yara. That's, that's the first time, first time that teaching is used in the Old Testament in Genesis. But yara is where we get Torah from. Torah comes from yara. Did you know that, Tim? Thank you. <laughs> Found something he didn't know. He's like an encyclopedia. Did you know that, Mark? Okay. I feel better already. So, so, Yara, Torah comes from that. Lord, bring that back to me. Oh, yes, this is it. The Torah is fulfilled in love. The teachings are fulfilled in love. Drop down. Look, look in that uh, 11 through 14. It says, uh, one more time it says it. No, look at verse 8. Do not owe anyone anything except to love one another. For the one who loves another has fulfilled the law. You want to fulfill the teaching, love. Let love come out of the truth. That's grace. That's spirit. You hear what I'm saying? We don't want to, to build a bunch of folks that know a lot and don't practice. And the last thing we, we see here says, let us, let us walk with decency, verse 13. Let us walk with decency as in the daylight, not in carousing and drunkenness. You know what that is? That's, a, that's, a, um, that's being under the control of substance. Is there anything that controls you? Don't let anything control you. If it controls you, it will lead you into bad things. Not in sexual impurity and promiscuity. Not into sexual messed up thinking and lifestyle. Not in quarreling and jealousy. That's not, not fighting with each other. Loving. But put on the Lord Jesus Christ. So put two things on. One is the armor. See, the Christian, the church today needs to wake up needs to get up and put on its armor because it is a battle. But we need to recognize that battle is already won. It's not like it's up to us. 
but we're to put it on and we're to be able to step into the fire and go rescue, rescue souls from the darkness. Oh, there's so much in this. But put on the Lord Jesus Christ and make no plans to satisfy the fleshly desires. That actually makes, make no forethought. Don't make any thought. Every man, woman, boy, and girl, young and old, understands this. Listen, we make provisions. We make forethought about the things that we are tempted to do. Don't do that. Stop doing that. Put on Jesus. The five-fold picture of Jesus. Put that on. That's aggressive. Stepping out. Apostles, prophet, evangelist, pastor, and teacher. Put that on and live that out. That's what Jesus, the teacher, did, and that's what he's called us to do. Look, last thing I've got to say. When we are sowing the seeds of truth of the Word of God, let the Word of God do its work. One more verse. Look at Philippians chapter 3. Last little, little in, input here. Too often, when we get a revelation, we want everybody to get it, and we get all caught up in it. Paul doesn't do that. Jesus didn't do that. He would, let some, he would throw out the seed, and the seed of the word would do its work. He didn't have to manipulate that. Okay? Look what it says in Philippians chapter 3. Um, verse 14. I pursue... That's my goal, the prize promised by God's heavenly call in Christ Jesus. I press on. Listen, verse 15. Here's Paul's perspective. If you read the whole of chapter 3, you'll get this. He says, therefore, all who are mature should think this way. Hey, if you're really serious about this and are mature, you should think this way. All right? You going to be a baby about this or you going to get it? But then he says something very interesting. Look at this. And if you think different, see, truth is something that needs to be thought and understood. If you think differently about the truth, if you think differently about anything, God will reveal this also to you. <laughs> Do you hear the place of peace that Paul came to? I think it was the place that Jesus came to. When we throw out seeds of, of truth, whether it's in a large setting or a small setting, whether it's thousands of people, 72, 12, 3, or 1, our job is to speak the truth, to sow the seed of the Word, and let the Word do its work. We don't manipulate that. If we will let that happen, we'll have revival on accident. Because instead of us trying to fight our way into correct thinking... God, through the power of his Holy Spirit, will bring it about. Do you hear what I'm saying? There's a place of peace. Paul says, I've told you all of this. Uh, if you're really mature, you're going to get it. But if you think differently, it's okay. God's going to get you. He's going to reveal it to you. You don't fail God's tests as a son and daughter. You just retake them. So, what are we going to do, church? How do we respond to this? Here's what I see the Lord saying. Church, wake up. We've got to wake up. We've got to live 
As we have been born into the light, we need to put on Jesus and put on the armor and make a difference every day wherever we go. It is not about what's done behind this pulpit. It's about the Jesus and the truth that's active in you already. What is the seed of the Word of God that's been sown? Is it being sown in you now? That's what a teacher wants. A teacher's not wanting you to get the truth. He's wanting you to start looking for the truth. We don't have a, 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 a seeing problem. We have a looking problem. We're not looking. We don't have a, a, a hearing problem. We have a listening problem. Are you listening? Will you take the Word of God and let it be sown into your hearts? And will you let, let it make a difference in you? Will you wake up and be the children of light that God's called you to? The answer is yes. How come you're not saying it? Say it with me. We've already been act, interactive in this. Are, 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 are you wanting that to happen in you? Yes. Thank you, Father. So, Lord, right now we repent. We just say it like it is. The church has become so much like the world. And we know it breaks your heart, Lord. We thank you for salvation. Thank you that you have brought us out of darkness into your marvelous light. But we ask this day, Lord, that you would so indelibly imprint on our minds and our hearts the Lord Jesus, the teacher, that we would immerse ourselves in the truth of your word and be a, a, a beacon of light in our world. We say yes to you, afresh and anew, in Jesus' name. Amen.